With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. Now jobs. Get the job done. Kaching. your kids lock the doors you're listening to hr's most dangerous podcast chad sowash and joel cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts complete with breaking news rash opinion and loads of snark buckle up boys and girls it's time for the chad and cheese podcast oh yeah finland's 36 year old prime minister is social media's hottest trend after she was filmed partying at a nightclub, or as Chad likes to call it, Tuesday. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, Does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel Solidarity with Sana Cheeseman. And I'm Chad, all in on Marim Sowash. And I'm leaving TikTok needs a timeout, funny banazen. <laughs> on this show, Clash of the Unicorns, Healthcare is Hot, and a good old game of Buy or Sell. Let's do this. Yeah. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries, it is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. So you saw the uh, wine that I found for leaving, didn't you? The sheep wine. I did, I did, I did. <laughs> it's called Sheep Thrills. <laughs> sheep Thrills. <laughs> and you can find it leaving at sheepthrills.com, just in case. <laughs> and refresh my memory and the listener's memory as to what the hell that was all about. Yeah, well, Levin loves him some sheep. He spent time <laughs> in Scotland. He didn't. He, he loved the sheep in Scotland, but be, I mean, they didn't have any internet, so I guess they had to play with sheep. So I found the sheep thrills as I was going to my store and in the wine selection. Uh, go figure; it does have a screw cap, but it's okay. I'm, I'm sure it's great. Yeah, Adam Gordon and Stephen McGrath weren't real, uh, real appreciative of your comments about <laughs> Scotland. That. That may come back to haunt you, my friend, in the shape of a kilt. What did I say wrong about Scotland? I said I like Scotland. I like no internet. Scottish people. I like the whiskey and I like the sheep. Okay. <laughs> and and I like they didn't have internet. <laughs> See? So, he loves the place. He's going back. He might even yeah, buy a place. Some may have taken that as the country's little backward. I don't know. Maybe that's <laughs> how some people took that leaving. I don't know. So weird. So weird. So weird. <laughs> so it's weird. so weird. <laughs> Scotland is so weird. 
Uh, okay, so I get shout outs first since you already started in on mine. So the Finland PM, Sana Marin, uh, did you see the video of her dancing at a party? I did. It was so scandalous. So scandalous. <laughs> She's 36. It's not like she was, you know, on a stripper pole or something like that. It looked like someone's apartment. It yes. didn't even look like a nightclub or anyone, you know, like some underground yeah. scene. Who wants their leader to have a stick up their ass in the first place? I mean, I'm all in on Marin. Way to go, Finland. I love that she had to take a drug test. Well, she didn't have to, but they were like, was she doing drugs? And she took a drug test. Fucking idiots. To show that, show that she wasn't. Now, I will say that if Russia's on your border, it may not be the best time to like <laughs> dance, dance your ass off to ABBA or whatever. I, was- I think that's the only time you do it now. <laughs> she could have picked maybe a better time to do it. But yeah. dude, it's now or never. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Dance like the end of the world as you know it is coming. That's uh, the PM of Finland. Clearly, and obviously the most attractive of all the prime ministers. Go ahead, Levin. What, what's your take on her? None whatsoever. She's a prime minister. She's good looking. She's intelligent. So if she wants to party, she needs to party. Good looking, but not nearly as good looking as my shout out, gentlemen. All right. Not since Duran Duran have the Brits given us <laughs> such a gift, everybody. The chicken Big Mac from McDonald's was such a big hit in the UK that it's now coming to America. God bless America. Starting in Miami, the chicken Big Mac is similar to the Big Mac we all know and love. However, it replaces the two burgers with two tempura chicken patties to go with the signature Big Mac sauce, pickles, shredded lettuce, and a slice of American cheese, obviously. In the last month, Chad, mm-hmm. we've gotten the return of the Mexican pizza at Taco yep. Bell, chicken mm-hmm. wings at Chick-fil-A, and now the chicken Big Mac Shout out to McDonald's. And here's to hoping that they eventually come out with the spicy chicken version of the chicken Big Mac. Oh, I'm so hungry. Mm. That's ridiculous. But yes, that's that's awesome. Awesome for you, Cheeseman. Pair it with some chicken fries from Burger King. Then you're talking <laughs> orgasm. Leaving. What, what you got over there? My shout out goes to TikTok for having spy software within their app, but for claiming not to use it. So I'm going to (laughs) give some explanation. It's weird. So a few days ago, there was an Austrian software researcher. He's called Felix Krausen. And he published a paper in Forbes in which he proved TikTok is using using massive spyware. So I'm going to spare you the technical details, but I'll just read you part of his findings. So he says, whenever TikTok users enter a website through a link on the app, TikTok inserts code that can monitor much of their activity on those outside websites, including keystrokes and whatever they tap on the page. So basically, if you click on an advertisement on TikTok or on a link on TikTok, you stay within the TikTok app and you use their browser and you go to the website, but within the TikTok environment. And if you enter anything, every keystroke is captured, meaning passwords, um, you say um, uh, credit card information, anything, it's captured. So the guy... Uh, they they confronted TikTok with it and the TikTok management, they didn't even deny it. They said, and I'm going to quote, oh yes, those features exist, but we are not using them. So you think this would be, I mean, this would be world news. The biggest social app for youngsters is controlled mm. by Chinese government and it has JavaScript spyware injection tools and nobody cares. If you could only see the shocking look on the Facebook faces right now in California. Yes. Yeah, why didn't we think about that? Something like that. <laughs> so even a lot of our, our, our U.S. listeners will know about sort of the American story and going back to the Trump years and servers being in the U.S. What's 
what's Europe's sort of stance on TikTok, knowing how like you know privacy is such a huge deal in Europe? I think they have prob- they have problems with with uh, coping. What can what can they do? Can they can they just say okay, TikTok is totally not safe, so we have to block it? That's something like Russia would do. So it's it's not okay to block social media. Definitely not when they're that popular, but. I think they should. They should do something about it. This is becoming a problem. So what do you think? I mean, from a spyware standpoint, what do you think they're actually what kind of data do you think they're gathering? Because I think most people think, okay, they have this algorithm. They know that I like watching, you know, comedy acts and and then, you know, Marvel comic movies and shit like that. I mean, I just, mm. I don't know what they're gathering. So I think a lot of it has to do with education. If people knew the kind of data that they were actually gathering on them, they might give a shit, but right now they don't know. So they don't care. No, I think it's multiple layers. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just mass uh, gathering of data and they are specialized in facial recognition. So that's one thing they can gather uh, all those um, those TikTok movies and they can use mm-hmm. facial recognition to to make databases about people. And then they can start using identity theft whenever they need and take over social accounts. Because if you go from one social to the next, if you go from TikTok to, let's say, um, to, to LinkedIn or to Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. and you use a, an autofill, then the keylogger will also record it. So if, they, if the Chinese government, let's say, on one occasion wants to hack... Ten thousands of social accounts at once to influence. Uh, it's very hypothetical, of course, but to influence mm-hmm. an, uh, an election in the United States, they could. Well, also facial recognition. I mean, we are seeing more of the facial recognition to even gain access to bank accounts and things yep. of that nature, right? So, you know, we take a look at Hireview, who got smacked really hard by the state of Illinois uh, around facial recognition. They shut it down. Now you have the biggest perpetrator in the world being TikTok. Mm-hmm. And and they have as many facial recognition points as they need to be able to do a lot of shit. So yeah, it's it, it could be scary. It's it the is. greatest propaganda machine since Joseph Goebbels. Everybody, <laughs> while Chinese kids <laughs> see videos of engineering feats and patriotism, I get videos of big booty Latinas and bugs fighting. So go with that wherever you'd like, but it's not good for everyone else. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> Well, let's talk about travel, which is always shiny. Uh, we've got a couple Vegas and Nashville trips coming up. So if you're yep. in America, please come check us out. Chadcheese.com travel. And we'll be back in Levin's neck of the woods in October for Unleash Paris, which is, uh, I don't know, one of our top two or three shows, I think, Chad. Gotta love it. And from my understanding, Levin, who committed to Vegas, now uh, has decommitted <laughs> to Vegas. And he, but, but right now, from, from, from right now, he, he will be going to Paris. So everybody hold on. Hopefully, Levin will be able to make it all the way. What a commitment that he's getting on a train for three hours to come see us. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> don't you don't you underestimate it? I mean, it's a one and a half hour drive by Thales by train, which is so I don't know. I'm used to working from home now, you know? Such a sacrifice. Oh, my God, yeah. Such so a if sacrifice. You, if you want to see Chad and Cheese, if you want to have some, you know, drinks and possibly, you know, a drive-by by leaving, go to ChadCheese.com, <laughs> click on events, register. Again, going to be in Vegas, going to be in Nashville, going to be in Paris. Do it. Register and we'll see you there. 
Alright, we got a clash of the unicorns, everybody. That's right. Like lightning and thunder on the on that as well. I'll, I'll let you figure that out with, with when you edit this if you want some lightning and some crazy shit. Alright, in, in case you missed it. There are two alpha unicorns taking shape across the Atlantic, High Bob and Personio. In one corner, Personio has garnered an 8 billion euro valuation, while High Bob just achieved a valuation of $2.45 billion earlier this month. A quick refresher, High Bob has offices in London, Amsterdam, and is opening shop in Berlin. They have doubled headcount to over 600 in the past year, have customers in 166 countries, and count the likes of VaynerMedia, Monday.com, and Smart Recruiters as customers. Personio, in the other corner, has offices in London, Dublin, Amsterdam, Madrid, and Munich, employs 1,200 people, and count companies like Spindex, Spindesk, Tractable, and Vromo as clients. Both target small to mid-sized companies. So this is looking like a European cage match that deserves your undivided attention. Boys, I got to ask, hi, Bob or Personio, who'd you rather? I actually did my homework this time. And of course, I started with Googling Personio. And the moment you Google Personio, you get a hi, Bob ad saying, (laughs) hi, Bob is so much better. And I mean, it must annoy the shit out of the Personio marketeers, which I think is pretty funny. Yes. But... They even have a guide on the comparison between Personio and Hibop on the mm-hmm. website of Hibop. And this is a bit, I don't know, I don't like it. I mean, sell your own stuff and don't try to sell your stuff by attracting someone else's competitors, uh, customers and saying you're better because of that, that, that. I mean, believe in yourself. And the approach from Personio, I like more. They're, I guess, maybe a bit more serious less tongue-in-cheek, the German after all. But um, <laughs> I think on, I compared them pretty thoroughly and I, I prefer Personio. But once again, proof, etc., is an uh, eating of the pudding. Um, <laughs> we should test them really to say something. But first impression, I'd say Personio. Yeah, I got to say that Levin probably didn't like the video of the uh, the the Finnish PM dancing either. Uh, so <laughs> I love Hi Bob going after the the alpha in this. Who who is Personio? I mean, they have over seven hundred million uh, in funding. Hi Bob, a, a piddly little four hundred and twenty four million piddly. in funding. Right? I mean, they both have a lot of money. Both are building war chests right now. That's and and that's good just in case, you know, we have an economic meltdown and they have to survive or to be able to fuel the ability to cross the pond, kids. That's right. To crack the biggest market in the world. And that's the United States. So between the two, only high Bob has slammed their stake, their flag in the ground of the U.S. And to me, that's the biggest differentiator right now. Hmm. When you take this kind of cash, you have to broaden up the total addressable market. It's a must. I'm a huge fan of Personio, but if you're going to take nearly 725 million euros, you've got to go global, and that means coming to the U.S. So I'm choosing Hi Bob. Interesting. All right. Well, uh 
Let's start with the name. Who would you be more embarrassed to buy, Personio or High Bob <laughs> as a customer? Well, I'm going to be a little embarrassed to buy something called High Bob. Uh, so let's let's put that check mark into Personio's uh, box. Look, Personio for sure has a much greater focus on Europe. And we've talked about that in the past that, that we're generally a fan of companies that really focus on Europe. Don't spend too much energy, money, time thinking about the U.S. and other markets. Uh, so for me, while that's a, a negative for you, Chad, for me, it's a positive that, that they're not focused on global domination um, <laughs> like High Bob is. Uh, I think that they have a solid marketplace. When you look at you know app stores or companies building on their platform, I think they've got a leg up there talking about Personio. They do the little things right which is interesting. Uh, if you visit their site once and then go back to their site, their chat bot is different. Their chat bot messaging is like, good to see you back. You might yeah, have some true. questions now, or did you have something that you wanted to know? So well, they're following you like TikTok is. Is it? Oh, yeah, like TikTok. They're, they're <laughs> counting my keystrokes and watching my face as I talk to them. Side note, their, their CEO used to, to be skipper of sailing yachts, which is interesting. I don't know if that's good or bad. It's just really fucking cool if you like Yacht Rock because you can put that vision um, in your head. Now, the bad news, uh-huh. Personio has taken a shit ton of money. Yes. And we talk a lot on the show about companies fail because they take too much money uh, and not enough. And my fear is that the money that they've taken is going to eventually force them to uh, set their eyes towards America and other markets uh, to grow. So I think that's, that's going to be challenging. And as a side note uh, on their site, if you're going to tout diversity, uh, your executive team shouldn't lo- look like the front row at a Nuremberg rally in 1934. <laughs> they should probably get some different uh, faces on that on that executive <laughs> executive team. But those things aside, my who'd you rather goes to Personio. And if you're keeping score at home, that's two Personios and one high Bob. Very nice. That's right, kids. Just watch. Woo. Just watch. <laughs> well, that throwdown deserves a little break. Let's take time out, uh, pay some bills, and uh, talk about healthcare and play a little buy or sell. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. Well, guys, Europe has a bunch of countries in it, and it has a lot of old people in it, too. So it's no mystery that healthcare companies are going to get some money, and two such vendors are recently in the news. First up, London-based Siracare has raised 310 million euros. This brings total funding to 396 million euros. Founded in 2016, the company provides home-based healthcare. Siracare will use the funds to provide more services and support for their patients. The company employs around 400 people. Next up, let's talk about Patchwork Health. Uh, they raised 20 million pounds in a Series B funding round, totaling 23 million pounds for its digital platform that lets NAH, NHS teams recruit, manage, and dispatch both temporary and permanent healthcare workers. The company said in a release, quote, 
the traditional way of staffing our NHS is outdated and is contributing to the pressure our health service is facing, end quote. For those that don't know, NHS stands for National Health Service and is the publicly funded healthcare system in England, a concept very alien to us Americans. So, boys, healthcare promised to be a space that will remain hot everywhere, but particularly in Europe. Thoughts on Syracare, Patchwork Health, or just healthcare in Europe in general? A few episodes ago, we were talking about Florence, if you remember. It's also a UK-based staffing platform for nurses. Mm-hmm. And then, if I remember correctly, I said something like, you can't go wrong with healthcare these days because we just bought Avanti and TMI. Avanti is healthcare in Germany, TMI in the Netherlands. And I needed to say something like, you can't go wrong. But indeed, you can't go wrong. I mean, these businesses are booming. So if you combine platforms, digital platforms and healthcare, basically, you're good. I loved Sierra Care. I didn't know them, and they could use they could use House of HR's baseline. They could say we change lives, and that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, they're um, enabling people, patients, to leave the hospital earlier and to go home and to get the necessary care. So hospital beds are emptied and they can be used for other people, and those people get to recover at home using the tool to get the right. Care. And that's something I love. It's changing people's light, lives for the better using mm-hmm. technology. So I think um, their funding is well spent. And Patchwork is just uh, one of those many, many matching platforms claiming to change the world, but I have to see them do it. For me, it's it's interesting because when we start taking a look at it from over on the side of the pond, it's, you know, it's all about money, who's going to buy it, what healthcare system, and so on and so forth. But the healthcare system is owned by the federal government. So, you know, is a universal healthcare environment who pays for Saracare for the platform? I mean, who's actually paying for the platform? Is it individual local government communities? Is it the national government? In in the case of Patchwork, it's German in the UK, right? So who's actually subsidizing this? How are they making money? And or will the governments prospectively overtake these platforms and then just run them themselves? How, how do you see this working? I think you get the basics slightly wrong. I mean, it's mm-hmm. publicly founded healthcare, yes, but all those companies are private. My sense is that the the funding and paying for the healthcare is is government funded, but the actual recruiting of talent and salaries is private, definitely. Yeah, but that's the question: Who is Sarah Care getting paid for from, and who is Patchwork getting paid from? In Belgium, and it will be the same for most European countries. You have something called RISIF, a public funding with which they pay healthcare professionals. But if you launch, let's say, a platform, that's a privately launched platform, but the people you hire will be paid partly at least by the government. Okay. Or indirectly, not really, but yeah, in- indirectly. Here's one thing that's a question. So so here in the US, you have uh, healthcare systems, right? And they kind of compete against each other, similar to how companies would compete e- against each other in terms mm-hmm. of talent, right? So if I'm going to get a, a nurse to go from my hospital to maybe a senior care living facility, those two entities are competing against each other. Whereas I think yeah. Americans have a sense that this nationally funded entity just shares shares all the same people, that there's not competition. My guess is that's probably too simplified. No, no, it's definitely all those hospitals are 
privately managed and they have to compete with each other to get the best talent and the best doctors will get the best positions. Gotcha. But in the end, they are very highly uh, funded by the government. And who pays the bill is universal in terms of the government, but the actual entities are competing against each other. They're, it's similar in that way to America, I guess, Chad. They get working funds and they have to spend them the way they want. And if they go broke, they go broke. <laughs> Yeah, so in this case, those institutions who actually get the funds would be paying for these platforms. Probably. Yep. Okay. Yep. Got it. I, I think I'm I'm somewhat clear. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you look at it from that that lens, it's very it's very similar to America. And Chad, we we talked about incredible health on the weekly show. We talk about Nomad Health and many others that are sort of supporting this healthcare trend. And it, just like it is in America, people are getting older and sicker, uh, population growth, et cetera. It's almost exacerbated or multiplied when you look at Europe. Uh, so a couple of quick facts. Um, it is projected that there will be close to half a million centarians. That means 100 people or 100 uh, years old or mm -hmm. over in the EU by 2050. Wow. Uh, the median age in the EU is projected to increase by four and a half years between 2019 and 2050, which means it will reach an average age of 48.2 years per person. Ultimately, uh, Europe in particular is getting older than much of the rest of the world. And you also have a lot of baby boomers, 77 million in the U.S. I think it's pretty close to that in Europe. Those folks are getting older uh, as well. And those are a lot of people to take care of. Healthcare is going to continue to be very hot and get a lot of money, uh, investment money, whether it's Europe or the U.S. Uh, in the coming decades. It's just it's like writing blank checks in some cases that there are so mm -hmm. many patients that need help and it's so much demand for funded. nurses. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it looks like in each case, it's the it's the healthcare facility mm -hmm. uh, that's taking money. I mean, I, I know this pretty intimately. My sister runs a senior living series of centers uh, in this in the southern part of our state. And talent and recruiting is probably by far her biggest headache. Mm -hmm. I bet. She has a green light to spend as much money as they possibly can to try to get nurses and healthcare professionals into that facility. And if that's a microcosm of Southern Indiana, I can't imagine what, you know, bigger cities and other places around the world are going through. Talent is tight. Tight like tiger. Tight like a tiger, just like our buy or sell game. You guys ready to play a little <laughs> buy or sell? Let's do it. All right. Kids, you know how this works. We talk about three startups that have recently gotten some funding. Yours truly reads a summary and everyone chimes in on whether it's a buy or sell for them. First up, we have Rollshare. The job sharing marketplace and management platform based in London has secured $1.2 million in seed funding. The company lets professionals share jobs with companies and intends to use the funds to accelerate its technology platform and product development and expand its sales and marketing efforts into new markets. Although they did not specifically say the U.S., I'm going to guess that U.S. is on their radar. J.P. Morgan and British Petroleum are clients. Guys, are you a buy or sell on Rollshare? Sell. <laughs> okay, so Levin, is job sharing big in Europe? Not big enough for me to get it. So you don't, what don't you get? The whole uh, sharing component. <laughs> <laughs> the whole role sharing component. Yeah. Okay, so the whole company. Okay, so first off, I, I got to say, I love this concept. It's, it, it's one that's been floated in the US for decades, but 
it's something that has never caught mainstream traction, mainly because of the logistics for employers. If -hmm. it's more complex for employers, they swat it away. They just don't want to have anything to do with it. Now, with the employee empowerment and also disengagement of females, aka half the fucking workforce, you have to ask yourself, is this finally the time for job sharing? Here's the big problem. No experience in this space. Okay. So Rollpoint literally has no experience in this space, which means no connections, which means no open doors, which means no relevant partnerships, yada, yada, yada. The co-founder Sophie Smallwood has a great story to tell, but I'm afraid stories just aren't going to be enough. I hate to say it. I love the idea. I want to see work transform, but for me, it's got to be a sell. Can you just... Elaborate on the sharing part, because maybe I just didn't get it right. Is it about sharing vacancies or is it about um, sharing employees? Let me give you my summary and it might help. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. might help clear some things up, yeah. it, but probably not. Okay. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure I've seen a more confusing startup in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So they connect. So you connect with other people on their platform to create, I don't know, some sort of like Batman and Robin team for companies to hire and share a role. So an example might be a mother that stays home. She wants to work part-time and then she partners with uh, someone that complements her skills. And then the company, the company hires them almost like it's one role, but they combine for the role to, to provide service to the company. So much like I hate Chad, (laughs) what if they connect me to some bozo? Uh, Can I fire them as the worker or does the company have to fire them? Uh, Mm -hmm. What if we make the same money, but we do different work or somebody, uh, I feel like they're doing less than me. Can the company fire half the team and who do they put with me if they they fire them? I mean, why not just hire multiple people via Upwork on contract, have them work on projects together if it makes sense, and then pay each of them for their time? This just seems like such a complicated business to explain to HR people, which let's be honest, aren't the sharpest knives in the drawer in most cases. (laughs) There are way too many moving parts here, too much to explain. We're three people on this podcast that have decades of experience in this industry. I can't imagine a sales call going to someone that's just getting into recruiting or TA. I think they'd be totally totally overwhelmed and just mm-hmm. push the next button in terms of the next uh, you know sales call that they take. So for me, like, yeah, it sounds cute, but holy shit, it's complicated. And there are so many different alternatives that I think are better. So still for me. Three white guys on this podcast right now. This is mainly focused on females and being able to help them get back to the workforce because if they don't have childcare and those types of things. So, again, I love the idea, but the complexity, much like you said, the complexity, I just don't see employers. I see them just hitting the eject button and saying, no fucking way. It's too complex. Yeah. I mean, the the explainer video on YouTube uh, has a has a working mother. And like some hipster dude who wants to like build guitars in his spare time. Literally, that's the thing on YouTube. Like he likes to build guitars. So I, I think women are our target market, but I don't think it's it's pitched as exclusively to mothers. I think it's just pitched it exclusively to anybody that wants to like have work life balance, work part time with someone else, which those two combined becomes a part a full time job. See, the fact that we're talking as much about it to try to explain it means it's fucking dead on arrival. Oh, yeah. it's, uh, and it's it's a sell, I think, from all of us leaving. Yep. Uh, definitely. And I mean, in Europe, you're going to have to explain this to all those different unions. Yeah. Um, if I, <laughs> no if I'm going to start explaining this, they're going to glare at me. 
and they're going to say you're trying to fuck me over by making it too complicated <laughs> and they probably are right all buzzers and this Does gets all right, let's talk about Haystack. Oh, do we have to? Yeah, we do. The Newcastle, England-based Haystack has raised 500 pounds to take on America. 500,000. This following, yeah, 500,000. <laughs> uh, uh, this follows a 1 million pound funding round in 2021. Founded in 2020, the company uses matching technology to help more companies and tech workers hire smartly and find their ideal roles removing the need for recruitment agencies. They have 130 customers and 30,000 users, which they say is growing at a pace of 2,000 new users each month. Guys, buy or sell Haystack. Ah, okay, so let's start. They're Newcastle-based, so pretty much very close to Scotland. That's a plus. <laughs> there are so many companies in this business called Haystack and I had problems finding the right website and that's a big, big, big man. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And then they focus on engineering and tech profiles, which makes sense because if you want to match hard skills, it's much easier than matching soft skills. But those people are so wanted and they're almost never active seekers. So I'm not sure. I think it's a sell. Yeah, I wanted to like this because our buddy uh, David Roddy, who used to be over at Carew, is there. But is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but but no, I, I believe platforms like this in Europe have a much better chance gaining a foothold in Europe and then building a war chest and then trying to invade the U.S. But they automatically right out of the gate said that they want to try to bring this to the U.S. where there is stout and mature competition. You can't do it. And they have a measly 1.5 million pounds to invade the U.S. So even just going that far, not even going to experience because that's just an entirely different discussion. This is an easy sell for me. Let's see. 500,000 quid to take on the world's biggest economy and probably the most competitive sector to recruit from. Yeah, they just have to beat well-funded companies like HackerRank and Turing to do so. Good luck, mates. Haystack is going to be a big old haymaker when they land on Plymouth Rock. This for me also, sell, sell, sell. Well, let's get to one that we might like. Who knows? Uh, let's talk about Recruit Lab. Estonia-based Recruit Lab, a recruitment software provider, announced last week that it has secured 1.9 million pounds in a seed round of funding. The company offers a video recruitment platform that streamlines and automates the recruitment processes. Recruit Lab says they reduce hiring time by 50% and they have clients across the UK, Germany, Finland, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Guys, are we excited or are we selling Recruit Lab? Okay, so th the thing that I didn't like the most about this was the URL, recruitlab.co.uk, and they want to go mm -hmm. for all over Europe. They have applicant tracking, synchronous and a asynchronous video interviews, mm -hmm. a sexy job ad builder, which was actually pretty, it was easy as fuck. Yeah. The light version is the only published pricing at 198 euros per year per organization. That's an easy price to handle for an organization and literally just the bait to lure recruiters into the system before getting them to the upsell. So they're located in Estonia, 
European tech mecca uh, mm-hmm. have their eyes set on expanding in Europe, not trying to cross the pond. This one for me is a breath of fresh air and all this stagnant shit that we've been floating in. That's right, kids. It's a buy. <laughs> for me, it's a buy as well. They're in the right business. They're in the right region. I like the company vibes. I'm not going to repeat everything Chet said, but uh, I'm with him. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Look, uh, we first our fir- our very first firing squad was Vervo out of uh, out of Australia. <laughs> yes, and uh, I don't think I liked them then, but I kind of I'm kind of warming up to this whole automated video thing, uh, particularly the automated part. Chad, you talked about the different types of videos that you can create. Uh, I think there's even sort of videos in emails and messaging. Mm-hmm. Like they've really sort of become, uh, I don't know, a quiet competitor to many of the bigger uh, video platforms that I think we talk about. I love the focus on Europe. I don't think there's a lot of competition in their own backyard. I think the the talent base that they're building, despite attractive or unattractiveness of any of the executives on the team, I like this as well. I think uh, automated video is the next step beyond chat bots and conversational AI. Uh, Chad, you and I have looked at a lot of the future with AI video mm-hmm. and things that are going on there. So these guys seem to be on the front line of that. So Recruit Lab from all of us is a big applause while the other two suckers get a big <laughs> negative. <laughs> But either way, guys, that is another European show in the books. I had a good time. I hope you did, too. Another one in the can. We out. out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www chatcheese.com just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese it's so weird we out you've got questions we've got answers business leadership ownership and sales can be challenging tune into the accelerate your business growth podcast to learn from the world's experts join me your host diane helbig as i chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.